Good morning, everyone. It's good to see your uh, smiling faces today. And I do say it's good to see your smiling faces today because as the church was being put back together last Sunday after our potluck, we had a couple comedians in our midst who suggested that maybe it would be a good idea, since I was giving the message, if they turned the chairs around uh, when they set up the um, the chairs. So, uh, Molly and Allison, thank you so much for putting them the right way. I appreciate that, okay? Every, uh, every month at the end of the month, we're going to have a potluck, and hopefully we'll continue to figure out the right way to put the chairs around. Anyways, um, I want to speak to you a little bit about transition today, and we've been talking about it quite a bit, but there's been a song that's been on my heart. I've been listening to it quite a bit over the last few months, actually. Uh, as it is normal, Linda tells me about a song, and I'm able to uh, eventually listen to it and eventually love it. The name of this song is Scars by a group called I Am They, and some of you may be familiar with it, some of you may not. But the first two sentences are what really struck me as I was preparing for the message today. And it goes something like this. Waking up to a new sunrise, looking back from the other side. And it struck me because as I pulled in the parking lot, and perhaps as you pulled in the parking lot, you realize it's a new day in many ways. That uh, this message that Pastor Steve gave us last Sunday and has been giving us for the last several um, weeks, along with what Chris Conrad, our regional superintendent, talked about, talked about things will be different. Things are going to be, uh, are going to look different than they are. Where we are is point A, where we need to get to eventually is point B. And that may take some time. The book of uh, Matthew says, and on this rock I will build my church. And with that in mind, I'd like to open in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for those that have gathered in your name. We thank you for the common bond that we share with one another. We thank you for the past and the good things we've experienced. And Lord, at the same time, we thank you for the moments of sadness that we have lived through, as these truly do bring context to the happiness we've shared. My role today is to start and help with that process a little bit of the transition. And to know that this will take some time, but we know that you are with us. You love us and are working this day on our behalf. I thank you and I celebrate you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Getting from point A to point B. It's not the first time we as a congregation have experienced change. It's not the first time us personally have experienced change. You know, think back to when you started coming to to Caring Community Church. It was different. Something was different. Whatever it was, there was something that was different. In our case, we came because a three-year-old invited our oldest daughter to come. And guess what? Our Sundays changed. We had not been continuously going to church. In fact, it was pretty sporadic. And I can't tell you what a difference it's made in our lives. But it was a change. And it was a change that happened because people before us sacrificed. People... Ten years before we started coming to Caring Community Church, sacrificed, made some decisions, um, went down a path that led them from the Holiday Inn 
to the United Methodist uh, Church, uh, the tenant hall that was there, and um, it made a huge uh, difference. Soon after we started attending, there was a thing that we were exposed to called Growing Forward Together. Well, Growing Forward Together was the capital campaign that allowed this facility to be built. And I believe it was in December of 91 that we made the quote-unquote the walk from uh, downtown Albion uh, out to here. And as you think about it, that caused a little bit of pain. And a lot of change sometimes can cause pain. As I uh, understood, and I wasn't on the board at the time, the, the payment that month for the rental was $200 a month compared to the mortgage, which was $3,000 a month. Think about your own personal budget if you had an increase of about 15 times and the pain that that would cause. God has been very good to us, and uh, we should rejoice and be thankful for that. I also think it's important to think back to a time even more closer to this, and that's five or six years ago when we switched from um, Caring Community Church on Irwin Avenue to the South Campus that we had, and that was where the Densmores live. And for that period of time, about a six-week time period, we went through another building campaign here that allowed us to have pretty much from here on back and that wing of the children's church um, in place. It was the second build we went through, but that was there was some pain involved in that. And when you think back to that, the flexibility of this church, when you had 60, 80, 100 people that fit into this you know, barn in February, it was a nice barn, don't get me wrong. It was very, very nice. But it was different, and it was much different than where we're sitting today. And so I think about the change that we've gone through, and sometimes that change did cause some pain, which led to another change that we went through. So soon after that, <clears throat> that building campaign started, Pastor Steve uh, asked for and the board agreed to a sabbatical. Now, for those that uh, weren't here for that time period, um, it's a very common thing in higher education, and it's a very common thing in um, uh, the church for a pastor to go on a sabbatical. And so we arranged for that uh, to happen. We, we mutually agreed uh, to do that for a period of three months. And during that three-month time period, and maybe I should say prior to that, time of him going on sabbatical, we spent a tremendous amount of time preparing for it. And the preparations were along the lines of, um, pastor gave the message every Sunday. Guess what? We need to have someone give the message. Uh, the worship team met with pastor on a regular basis. Guess what? He wasn't going to be there. Perhaps some of the questions Cheryl would have in her role as volunteer coordinator would come up without pastor being there to answer them. So we had to go through all those type of things on a regular basis. And we spent at our board meetings a continual amount of time in which uh, Ron Owens, who was uh, brought in as a kind of a special consultant to the board, would give guidance to the board and walk through what it would be like to take pastor out of the equation for that three-month time period. Well, it was good practice for us. And even though it was a little painful... It was good practice for us, and I think we learned some things. 
That doesn't mean we know everything. It just means we had good practice in doing it. So in some ways, we plan for succession because we experienced sabbatical. Those two went hand in hand. Because even when he came back from sabbatical, and we knew Pastor was going to come back from sabbatical, we knew that the end was coming of the time in which he was going to be serving in the role that he was in. So consequently, it allowed us to grow, and it grew and grew specifically. And I'd just like to kind of give a shout-out at this time. If you were on the board during the time of sabbatical or since then, you've been involved in a lot of these meetings, and you've been in a lot of these meetings that went in late into the night. And I, I appreciate that. And so I'd like to have every board member that's either with us through sabbatical or now to uh, stand and us acknowledge uh, their efforts. You know, these individuals have given a lot of time, resources, energy, late nights, all those type of things, probably in part because the vice chairman wouldn't shut up from time to time. <laughs> Who is that vice chairman? Anyways. Um, but anyways, it's part of what, what we went through. So now that I've talked a little bit about that, I want to talk a little bit about some next steps going forward. Some of this will be a replay of some things you've heard, and that's okay. you got to keep talking about this because that's where we're at. The search committee has been going through several resumes. They've been reviewing what has been coming in. They had an interview, a couple interviews with an individual that they thought were were very um, um, close to being perhaps the right candidate for us. And um, one of the things that we learned was at the end of the day, he didn't feel the same way about us. And Reuben talked about this maybe three weeks ago when he said, hey, we were kind of getting close, and then you know, he backed off a little bit. What I think is that was not the person that God had in mind for us. Okay? So, you know, those things happen. But the search committee has a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. And I want to acknowledge the work that they're doing. And so if you're on the search committee today, would you please stand so that we can acknowledge you as well for your efforts and the things that are going on? Please pray for them. Please pray for them on a regular basis that they will have the wisdom and discern what God wants for Caring Community Church. Not what I may want or what Greg may want, but what God wants. I think that's really important. So um, that's a part of it. Now, another part of that is what the local board of administration is doing. And you see a, na- a, a, a couple names up there that we're going to talk about. First of all, a title. An interim pastor. This concept was introduced to us as a board probably two months ago. Now, keep in mind, that's in the midst of where we thought we had a candidate that was pretty close to being someone that we were going to have come in for an interview. So there's a lot of moving parts going on is what I'm trying to tell you. And the concept introduced by the Great Lakes region talked about maybe we need to have someone to come in on a a fill-in basis. They would deliver the message. They would be a part of board meetings. And perhaps more importantly, they would also give another bird's-eye view of what it's, of what our ministry looks like. I think we do a lot of things really good. There are some things that we don't know what we don't know. And so they would provide some guidance and assistance in that area. And so 
On Super Bowl Sunday, the board uh, came back that afternoon for a meeting with a candidate for an interim pastor role. We spent an hour talking with him uh, and then had a Zoom meeting after that and, and came to the conclusion that while the individual had tremendous amount of abilities and uh, leadership skills, we may not have felt like he was a fit for what our needs were, which were really tied to the things I mentioned, was, which was uh, pulpit supply and also uh, some other uh, areas of leadership. I think he'll help us as a board. I should tell you that, but he wasn't as inclined to be doing um, the messages each each Sunday, which is something that we need. Which leads me to the next point about that. The next three Sundays in um, Mark or in March, uh, Mark Lipscomb is going to be here uh, speaking to us, and uh, Mark is a retired pastor from a church called um, Pathways. Wesleyan up in Saranac, Michigan. He was there for about 20 years. I know you're going to say a pastor that's only there 20 years. What is he? A, you know, a, a short timer or what? But um, he was also in Columbus, Ohio, and he was in Detroit, uh, Michigan, in in different capacities as a uh, pastor. So we're looking forward to hearing. Um, his message the next uh, three weeks. And actually, when we get to announcements, Kathleen uh, spent some time talking to him this week. I think she'll give another uh, bird's-eye view of how that how that discussion went and what he's going to be bringing to us. So these are some of the steps that are going on and some of those individuals that, that stood over this last section. If you have questions, just ask. You'll see in your bulletin an insert that talks about if you have questions, who would you ask? This is a piece that uh, Cheryl's been working on, and, and we'd ask you to take with you. Make sure, if you have questions, you're asking those questions, and we can get you an answer. I had a boss one time that used to tell me, um, we don't always give you an answer you like, but we'll give you an answer. And I thought it was a good way of, uh, of his leadership style, which basically said, you still deserve the answers, even if you don't always like you know, what those answers may be. So if someone says, are you going to have someone, a full-time pastor starting March 1st? No, we're not. Um, we might like it, but that's not how it goes. So we're going to work through this. This leads me to my final uh, topic. Um, I mentioned last week when I was up here that I had heard a keynote speaker at our trade show um, a couple weeks ago when I was down in Orlando, Florida, and the speaker was a guy by the name of Jim Abbott, and he was a professional uh, baseball player. His title of his message was Adapting to New Beginnings, and I find it rather interesting that I knew Pastor Steve's final message was going to be a God of new beginnings, and so in some ways I felt like God was messing with my mind a little bit as I'm sitting in this uh, seminar and listening to the speaker talk about the, the new beginnings that he faced. For those that don't know Jim Abbott's story, he was born in Flint, Michigan in 67. Uh, more than anything, he loved sports and he wanted to compete. But Jim had a disability in that he did not have a right hand. He wanted to play baseball more than anything, and yet he was not in a position to be able to do uh, that in most people's minds. Yet Jim was different. And he looked for ways in which he could compete uh, differently. Now, I'd like to have the record show that 
I don't know that I've ever given a talk that emphasized in a positive way someone that wore a Michigan uniform, okay? <laughs> so, Reuben, it's your special day. <laughs> and Ray, I'll deal with you later. I know you won't like this, but... Anyways, Jim had a phenomenal um, career. He was a uh, two-time Big Ten champion as uh, their uh, baseball team. He made it to the Summer Olympics in 1988. He was named the James Sullivan Award as the best amateur athlete in 1987. He was drafted in the first round of the 1988 Major League Baseball draft, and he made the roster his very first year. Most pitchers or players go to the minor leagues before they go to the major leagues. So that's Jim, and uh, I got a chance to meet him down in Orlando, but he talked about several things, and I think it's important. You know, one of the comments that, uh, let's see, whoops, back here, hang on. Let me stay there. I made a comment about what you have been given is twice as much has been taken away. And that was a phrase that his parents told him about as he was going through the challenges that he was facing. And some of the challenges that he would face as trying to be a major league baseball player was that teams would try to bully him, make fun of him. Uh, many times they would bunt on him because they thought that was harder for him to field, which it obviously was. And I think um, as Jim was going through this process, he also remembered those that had helped him a lot in his life, one of which was a second-grade teacher that taught him how to tie his shoes. And it was a reminder that people are good and that there's a lot of good in this world. Jim shared one time about coming back to his locker while he was in spring training, and he found a baseball card in his locker. That was a pattern that was to occur every year that he was in the major leagues where people would give the players a stack of baseball cards. And anyone collect baseball cards ever in their life? Got a few hands in the air for that. Um, and so he was excited about it. He ran home, called his called his parents after practice that day and told them about having a baseball card with his picture on it. Yet he didn't find that a lot of the other players were all that excited about it. You know, maybe they'd been warped, maybe they're making ten million a year, who knows what, but the baseball cards didn't make a whole a whole lot of, you know, joy or excitement to them. And it reminded him of what it also said on the back of the baseball card. So those that rose their hands, what does it say on the back of a baseball card? Your stats. That's right. You know, where they came from, what their birthday was, they pitch for right right hand or left hand or whatever the case may be. But each year, it lists down some of the things that are significant about your career. And it got me thinking a little bit about what would the baseball card look like for Caring Community Church? We'll come back to that in a second. Jim's parents taught him another lesson in that they said, what do you allow yourself to accept? And I think one of the things that we have to look at is, as we move forward as a church, what are the things that we're willing to accept? And what are the things that have allowed us to be successful? So in 1993, Jim had been traded from the um, Los Angeles Angels to the New York Yankees. He was having a little bit of a rough year, and I'll call out two games in specific. 
In August, he played a game at Cleveland, and as a starting pitcher, he just got shelled, which means he didn't make it through the third inning, okay? And the uh, I guess when your manager comes out and says, I've seen enough of this, that's usually not a good indicator that it was a good outing. Um, and the next week, he had to face that same team, Cleveland, when they played in New York. And his catcher and his pitching coach really worked hard on him from a mental standpoint. And there were three phrases that they talked to him about. Number one, remember the strengths that you have. Number two, trust what got you to where you are. And third, it's one pitch at a time. And so on September 4th, 1993, Jim Abbott did something that has only happened 314 times in the history of Major League Baseball. There's over a quarter of a million games have been played, and it's only happened 314 times. He pitched a no-hitter. Nine innings, complete game, and no one got a hit. It was really a significant accomplishment, especially given some of the challenges that he faced. I started this section by sharing that I was going to talk about us a little bit, and really it's more about, it's more than talking about us. It's bragging about us. And my encouragement to you is is this. Remember the strengths that we have, just as Jim's pitching coach said to him. Consider what a Caring Community Church baseball card would look like on the back. It would say that we serve an awesome God who has blessed us richly. It It would say that we are a caring community. It would say that we have a special love for one another that we thrive when we're serving others, that we've been blessed by God, that we encourage one another, that we have a great group of volunteers, that we have a talented group of volunteers, that we have leaders that lead and we have a very generous spirit. And I think all those things it would say on the back of our baseball card. And this leads me to the books that were passed out to you when you walked in. So this was created, you know, six months ago or so, by the board to be able to use as a church profile for um, the next pastor that will come in. It tells a little bit about our story. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we have a lot of ministries in place, and we have a lot of people that volunteer on a regular basis. I think one of the things is this is what has gotten us this far, and God's help has been with us the whole time and will continue to be with us as we go forward. But if you think about it, um, it's taken us, this church has taken us places we would never could have imagined. Think about the comments that that, uh, Chris Conrad talked about last week, where the church started, at a rented room at a hotel. This is where we're at today. We have a lot farther to go. But trust what has gotten us this far. Things like the worship team, the greeting team, the tech team, the decorations team, the trustees, the heaven's least, caring connections, band of brothers, cleaning teams, card teams, counting teams, small group Bible study, children's ministry and the teachers, the youth group, our volunteer coordinator, caring closet ministry, financial peace, bookkeeper, treasurer, the LBA and our LBA emeritus. These have what's gotten us to where we're at with the help of God. Um, We have a lot to be proud of. It doesn't mean we can't get better, and we will. 
when we look at Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Pastor Steve and Diana left a legacy for us. They left us a strong team in place. Not perfect, not unable to get better, but they left a strong team in place. Jim Abbott's catcher reminded him it's one pitch at a time. And I would say to you, as a reminder, these things one at a time. It's prayers being prayed and classes being taught. It's music being sung and instruments being played. It's tithing being counted and bills being paid. It's people being greeted and words of encouragement being said. It's the Bible, baptisms, and dedications. It's a vacuum cleaner, Windex, dusting and mopping. It's caring connections and their caring core of group of leaders. It's band of brothers and six strong and service projects. It's the tech team with slides, music, and mics. It's the volunteers and Cheryl working to fill all the needs for the church and other areas. It's a Bible study away from church and a dance class when the doors are open to the community. It's an encouraging card that comes in the mail and enthusiasm of the youth group as they gather to learn your word. It's people finding hope in Financial Peace University and the LBA that meets sometimes late in the evening. And all these things are done one pitch at a time, one ministry at a time, one interaction with people at a time. And as Pastor Steve said to me last Sunday, you guys got this. And so I hope you will find uh, encouragement through that. I'm going to end in prayer, and if the worship team would come back up, we'll close our service. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for uh, those individuals that call Caring Community Church their home. Father, I thank you for the dedication of the individuals that are here. I thank you for um, all the sacrifices that have been made over the last 40-plus years by a variety of individuals to get us to where we're at. Father, I thank you for what you have in mind for us going forward. I thank you for what you believe our future will be. And Father, I would just tell, ask that each and every one of the individuals that are here today to reach out to encourage one another in a way that will remind them of how much you love us and how much you love them. These things I pray in your name. Amen.